Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. Okay, today's topic is how to start rehabbing. So we went through the pros and cons of rehabbing versus wholesaling. Most of the people who contact us want to get into wholesaling um, because usually they saw something online that said it's great. And there are pros and cons to both. The main advantage to getting into rehabbing, and we started as rehabbers for four years, is that you can get deals right away. You don't have to deal with the um, sales process of finding a seller to sell it to you. So there are wholesalers out there, some like us, uh, who have deals, and there are deals even on MLS that you could possibly make work. Um, but you could find a deal pretty quickly if you're looking to, to rehab a deal. The negative part of rehabbing is that you're going to need money. So let's talk about how much money you're going to need. So let's take a simple example where you found the property that you can buy for $300,000. It needs um, $75,000 worth of work, and it should be worth uh, five and a quarter when you're done. Okay, so those are good numbers. Let's take five and a quarter times point seven. Yeah, okay, those numbers make sense. So the first thing you're gonna need is somewhere between 10 and 30% of the purchase price. If you're buying it for $300,000, that means you're gonna need somewhere between 30,000 and $90,000. The only way you're gonna need so much money on the down payment is if it's your first deal. Um, if you have any kind of track record, you shouldn't need to bring more than 10% of the purchase price. So let's just cut down in the middle and say you need 45,000, you need 15% of the purchase price. So that's $45,000. You're also going to need closing costs, which I'm going to give a round number of $10,000, but it might be less. So let's say uh, closing costs are crazy high in New York. So let's say that's $55,000. And then you're going to need monthly payments. You got to figure on a year's worth of payments to be safe. And you're going to be borrowing that $75,000 of uh, construction money in addition to $300,000. So by the end, you're going to have $375,000. Let's just say it's at 11% to be safe. And it's probably going to be somewhere, let's figure around $30,000, $35,000 in payments. So you need 45 plus 35. I mean, you're, you're going to need around $80,000 to get into this house. So you don't need to have that money yourself, but you need to have access to it. And if you sell the property quicker, it's going to be a lot less. And if you don't need all the $75,000, it'll be less. But when we started, after we did our first deal, we had money and put all our money into that deal. We had two more deals we wanted to do. We didn't have any money for it. So we raised money from other people. So there's a lot of ways to raise money. I've done a whole bunch of videos on raising money. But the beauty of rehabbing is that if you really find a deal, the money will always be there. We have money to lend you. We love to get into deals that make sense. If you have a deal that makes sense. Um, there's tons of lenders out there and there's tons of people that want to partner with you on equity if there's really a good, a, a big enough spread on it. Um, so that is one of the big advantages of rehabbing that you don't need your own money. You can use somebody else's money, do the deal and let's say either split the profits with them. So in this case, let's say you're done with, uh, the $375,000 plus you put another Ten thousand dollars in costs is three, closing costs is three eighty-five. You're gonna have another fifteen thousand dollars in costs when you sell is four hundred, and you're gonna have another thirty thousand dollars in interest costs is four thirty. You're gonna sell for five and five and a quarter. You might you have close to hundred thousand dollars in profit. Even if you split that with somebody, you're still getting forty fifty thousand dollars in profit. So that's the kind of deal we worked with people um, when we started. We we gave them a profit split. Sometimes it was 50-50, Sometimes it was a different split. Sometimes it was better in our favor. Sometimes it was worse. But the 
beauty of that is that you get into a deal with, without any of your own money. Also, there's something people don't understand that there's like trillions of dollars out there in people's retirement accounts, like IRAs. And you can take that IRA and you can make that a self-directed IRA. It's completely legal. The company has to do it for you. It costs a few hundred bucks, which allows you then, you or someone else, to invest in the deal. The IRA is allowed to invest in real estate. So you can borrow money from someone for the entire balance of the deal, give them a note and a mortgage on it. All these things can be done by an attorney. And it's completely legal. And the IRA will then uh, either get a rate of return if you... If the IRA is lending the, the LLC that's buying the property money, the IRA can get a set rate of return, 10%, 15%, whatever is good. Or or the IRA can get interest at the end and get a percentage of the profits. Either way, there's there's trillions of dollars out there for things like that. And I know people will say, wow, it's so risky. This is not a risky thing. If you're buying a property that's worth $525,000 when you're done for $300,000, it's not a risky investment. You could sell that property. Even if you screw everything up, you could sell the property and take a small loss. But the truth is, if you, most of the things your IRA is in, like the stock market, there's so many geopolitical events, you can get you know, cut in half if things really go bad. Buying real estate at a discount is not a risky investment, right? And it's, and it's changed. I, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to even co comprehend that because in the old days, you would say, well, if this is a, a piece of real estate, it's risky because it's not liquid. I have to find somebody to, I have to, find somebody to buy it for me. But in two, in the, we're, in two, we're at the end of 2019. There's so many people looking for good deals that via the internet, you could find someone listed with a realtor if you wanted. You could find someone to buy it right away. You probably can make some money on it that way. But even if you have to take a little bit of a hit, it's a small hit when it's a 10% hit. So how risky is that? If I told you you could invest in stock markets and have huge rates of return on it and your only downside was 10%, 15%, it would be amazing. And that's the truth with most real discounted real estate today. If you're buying it, there's very little downside. There are risks. You can screw it up or you can lose money. We've lost money on deals, but we never lost a lot of money on a deal, right? We've done projects that just, we screwed up by taking too long, by doing too much work, by pricing them too high. And we ended up losing 10, 20, $30,000, but that's on a $500,000 deal. It's not a big loss. It's a small loss. And we made money on so much money on so many of them that it certainly uh, count, uh, cancels out. So that's the way we look at it. There's little downside. Even if you buy something wrong and you pay too much, you can still sell it and take the loss right away to it to some, uh, for it for somebody else. So these are not risky investments. So when you rehab to get started, you got to find a deal. You got to find a contractor. You got to find the money if you don't have it. And you can get into it right away. And the most important parts of rehabbing, in my mind, are figuring out what work you're going to do and what work you're not going to do. That was probably one of the hardest decisions we would make on a project. Should we do X or should we not do X? Should we do X to this extent or not or, or not do it? Right? And very often you're going to make those decisions. If my, my personal opinion is don't, if you're questioning it, don't do it. Um, sometimes you see a roof and it looks old, but it doesn't leak. And you're going to think, well, the borrower is going to, the new buyer is going to want a new roof. The new buyer might not care. Um, there are so many things like I can't even tell you. People tell us, oh, I upgraded the electrical system because it was only 100 amps. I mean, most of the properties that we did are, are small, four-bedroom, two-bath capes with maybe 1,200 square feet. You don't need more than 100 amps. If somebody wants 200-amp service, they can certainly upgrade it themselves for, you know, three, dollars $4,000 if they want. But there's no reason to think that a majority of people looking for a house need to have 200 amps. Yeah, are there people like that? Yeah, their, father, their grandfather was an electrician. He told them, don't ever buy a house with less than 200 amps. You're going to get that. 
we had questions in the beginning about uh, we, we we decided we would upgrade everything to uh, to gas, right? If it's if it's uh, if there was oil, we get rid of the tank, change the boiler, and go to gas. But the, sometimes we bought houses where it was a brand new gas boiler, it was beautiful, and we said brand new oil boiler, right? So we said we're going to leave it. We're going to we're going to leave it and see what happens. We ne never had trouble with it. Never. Are there people that prefer gas? Sure. Are there certain buyers that are going to be discouraged if it's an oil boiler? Absolutely. But there's plenty of buyers out there that couldn't give a crap. There are buyers out there that prefer oil. So a vast majority of the things you think you, you're going to do that are going to help you sell the house may or may not sell the house. So let me tell you what actually does sell a house. New kitchens and new bathrooms and good flooring and all mechanicals working. That's really what it takes. So you need to do a new kitchen, right? The kitchen has to look really good. New countertops, new appliances, new cabinetry if necessary. You need new bathrooms. Okay, they don't always have to all have to be new, but at least one or two, if it's a multi-bathroom house, need to be new. Um, the flooring has to be good. So wood is the best. Installing wood is not that expensive. Um, we used to do a lot of laminate. If you don't have wood, you know, if the wood's not usable, laminate's good. Laminate that looks like wood. Uh, and paint it, make it clean. And the mechanicals have to work. The roof has to be obviously free of leaks. It has to look solid. It can't be missing shingles. The me mechanicals have to work. The boiler, the plumbing, the electrical all have to work efficient. You know, uh, they have to be in full working order. And that's about it. And the outside of the house has to look presentable. To think that you need to do everything perfect like we did for four years is foolish. So that's what has to work. And I would say anytime you have a question of whether to do something or not, don't do it. You can always do it later. And what you'll see is that when you sell these things and when you go out there, people are going to have things you need you to do. If you do them in the beginning, they're going to just come up with different things. Sometimes leaving something that's not perfect but was workable might work for you when the seller comes back to you and wants a concession of something, some repairs. So that's how to get started in rehabbing. You need to know the area. That's, uh, I didn't even get into that, but you need to know the area and to know what properties you're going to sell for that are redone. That's the most important thing. For wholesaling and rehabbing, you have to do your due diligence and how to know an area and do work. Maybe I'll do a video on that. But if you know what the property is really worth when it's done, you have the money, like we just discussed, the percentage of the purchase price, your closing costs and the payments, and maybe maybe some money to get the contractor started. Um, and you have a contractor that you trust, you can rehab uh, tomorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.